Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. And everybody should know that's how love goes. It's good for the soul. Oh, I got a long way to go, but it won't stop the pain. No, no. That's the kind of thing that keeps me coming back again and again. Till I see your face.
the Healthy Soul Talk Show with your girl, your favorite therapist, Dr. Kimberly Thomas. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, if you're tuning in live to Blog Talk Radio, welcome this evening. And of course, if you want to join the show, you can dial 323-870-4375. Again, that's 323-870-4375. Press 1 to join um, if you would like to email the show, you can email us at hst at ttlomedia.net. Again, that's hst at ttlomedia.net. And, of course, you can follow us on all platforms at Healthy Soul Talk. Again, welcome, 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 John. Welcome, Felicia. Thank you for tuning in. Um, you're live. Uh, tuning in on the Healthy Soul Talk show with your girl, your favorite therapist, Dr. Kimberly Thomas. Do me a favor. Why don't you uh, give a thumbs up or a heart and definitely share this live. I invite someone to come on in. We have some great stuff lined up this evening. Um, and so I am just so happy uh, to be here with my favorite, my favorite production. Production crew. like that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they are <Okay>. amazing. <laughs> oh goodness. How are you all doing? I'm good. I'm real I'm good. Rested. <laughs> Where is that coming from? Me. It's me. Oh. You rested? Yes. Are you your spring break? Yes. This is you, the second week. This week too. You get two? Huh? The, the, the babies get three. Right. Really? Yeah. Huh. All right. Yeah. Come on now. Come on now. Okay, okay. I think that's me now with the feedback. Down. That's it. <laughs> All right. Uh so you, you relax and just taking it easy, catching up on your sleep. Still out, yeah. Make sure you did it on the headset and not the other thing. Yeah. Very good. Very mm-hmm. good. All right. All right. How you doing, Miss Latanya? I'm well. I'm well. Well. Yes. All right. I'm what? What'd you say, Dana? She's well. She's well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Great. All right. What so about you? How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. You okay? Just I'm, okay. Just you okay? know, because the weather. It's good one day, then it's windy the next day, and sometimes I feel like I can be out all day, and then I, you know, I'm grabbing my big, big coat. So hopefully <laughs> the weather gets consistent real soon, so we can, you know, be outdoors more often. Understood. Yes. Understood. Yes. Yes. Um, all right. So let's let's jump right on in here. Oh, what we got? Hmm. Oh, what, again, welcome. <laughs> the Healthy Soul Talk Show with your girl, your favorite therapist, Dr. Kimberly Thomas. Now listen, we added this segment to the show and, uh, you know, I like it, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I realized 
that, uh, you know, I need to probably let this flow a little bit more. So just a heads up, if we spend some time here, right, it's all good because I am not going to rush it. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, Mama said something to you. <laughs> what happened? Somebody, somebody said something to you. No, I, you know uh, what? I just, I, I just. You went back and watched and felt like you rushed it. Well. Mm-hmm. It could have been explored more. Oh, okay. 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 Um, but you know, last week was good though. Last week was good. Yeah, yeah. So you know, obviously these questions that I come up with are are personal, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Because you know, um, this is where I am. Okay. All right, and so I really pull these questions from you know, as I I, I'm spending 2021 Mm -hmm. really um, studying more. Mm. Right about my relationship with God, mm-hmm. um, especially you know coming out of 2020, and so uh, just a whole different meaning for me, right? Um, when I think about the Word of God and how it applies now, right, and how people, um, you know, are surviving um, spiritually, mm-hmm. right? And so that's kind of where this evolves from for me in the personal, right, the personal meaning. Of it. And so this week, um, for our spiritual connect point, I put this question out there, um, you know, to ponder. And it is, uh, what does it mean to live life knowing that God's grace and mercy is enough? Right? What does it mean to live life knowing that God's grace and mercy is enough? And so, you know, of course, that, that scripture always comes to mind this part of the scripture, God's grace is sufficient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, growing up, I always heard this. I always heard this. And, you know, as you get older, you, you try to figure out the real meaning um, to these scriptures and, and you, you try to piece it together based on your own experiences. And so, although this was said, right, that question, what does it mean to live life? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, his grace is sufficient for you wasn't answered. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's kind of where I was, you know, just processing this, like, okay, what is the real meaning, right. To live out this scripture. And so as I was studying and, you know, um, it was coming to my mind and my heart, okay. I found where, um, you know, we have to live according to this for specific reasons. And so I found this article and I'll be real quick with this one. Okay. And it listed five, five reasons God's grace is sufficient, sufficient for you. Okay. Um, and so I just go through all five, you know, list them and then jump into you mm-hmm. um, coming on in here. It says, number one, God's power is greatest when we're at our weakest. Yeah. Uh, number two, it means God gets all the glory. Mm-hmm. But three, it shines the glory of his deliverance. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, it shines a spotlight on God's power. Mm-hmm. And the last one, it forces me to trust in God alone. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we, we know the story in the Bible about Paul and the thorn being in his side. Um, and, and it was always attached to that. Now, this is got this may sound weird. Okay. Uh good evening, Malia. How are you? Thank you for joining in. But this is me and you can judge me <laughs> all you want to. Okay. Okay. But back in the day when that was said, right, that, that particular passage was, was talked about or preached about, mm-hmm. I, I, I look I looked at it in the literal sense. 
Okay, like that he physically had a yes, but it was taught that way. Yes, yes. We we were we were unfortunately we no. Let me say this: no one ever put into context in any of our Sunday school classes about the thorn. It's the just thorn. saying a thorn. Right in its eye. In its eye. Right. And, we, and and matter of fact, so if I could if I could prove if I could go back and prove it, <laughs> I believe there were some actual drawings of hmm. Paul with a thorn okay. in his side. And but we didn't, we didn't, we just assumed that it was just, you know, again, when you're a child, you don't question stuff. You right. just, you know, yeah. and we yeah. definitely wasn't going to do no research. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. We weren't, we weren't yeah. about to do no, you know, yeah. the pre- yeah. like I tell people all the time, if the preacher would have said Jesus had a blue eye and an orange eye, we would have been like, okay. Because we weren't going to look it up. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, so, mm-hmm. and as I grew, right, mm-hmm. and I said, that clearly could not have meant, you know, mm-hmm. in the physical sense. And so what does that mean, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I thought about how um, when, you, when you look at your weaknesses or you look at how God humbles you, mm-hmm. right, how we should be living, right, to give him glory and, and sharing about his goodness, not boasting, mm-hmm. right, about all uh, so-called the greatest achievements that we have in life. Right. And mm-hmm. so we always question, right, hardships. We always question, right, why, why are we going through some things in life? Right. Um, and so, you know, you, you constantly hear, um, well, the devil, right, the devil is, you know, putting on this sickness on us. So the devil, is, it was always the devil, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. that, that any time life got hard, mm-hmm. it was because of him mm-hmm. when in fact, Right. It was God saying, I need you to give me glory. Right. Mm. I need you to show that despite what people say mm-hmm. is your weakness. Right. I'm using you mm-hmm. right, for my glory. Okay. And so that's kind of where um, I don't know that that was for me. Right. To really understand. OK. You know, it's not about sickness. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's not about, you know, my grace is enough. Uh, it's sufficient for you just in a sickness. It's not about an illness. Mm-hmm. Right. It's about surviving. It's about, you know, um, understanding that he uses, right, everybody right, mm-hmm. for his glory in, in life comes with, right, trials mm-hmm. and tribulations. And mm-hmm. his, his, the ultimate is, right, um, is for you to, to talk about how he brought you through, right? Talk mm-hmm. about your deliverance and talk, talking about how much you trust and love him, mm-hmm. right? But we weren't. I don't want to say we weren't because I think it's just how as you get older, um, I, I reflected on how many of us stopped going to church mm. when we got 18 or, you know, when um, it was no longer, okay, you can't tell me what to do. Okay. Right? But that was, that was that gap, right? That gap was because I don't really understand why life looks this way or why I continue to be in certain situations, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is bad, mm-hmm. right? When really, in fact, no, right? It's for you to make sure you stay humble, mm-hmm. give God his glory, mm-hmm. and uh, um, share, right? And, and, and go forth, mm-hmm. right? And preaching or teaching or reflecting or sharing mm-hmm. the goodness of God, right? Mm-hmm. And that comes through overcoming, that comes through, right? Where you can't say, I did this by myself. Right. Right. But that was that was that disconnect for me. Like, wow. You know, um, how many of us are walking around blaming the devil when it's really God saying, 
no, I, I need you to understand that this is not a weakness, right? Mm-hmm. I'm using you, right? Um, I need you to come and, and talk to me. I need you to come, right, and, and, and trust me, right, mm-hmm. and, and understand the power that I have. And we don't understand the power that God, God has because we, we've given all this credit, right? Facts. To the devil and not to, okay, this is how I'm making you stronger in my word. Mm-hmm. Right? This is how I'm basically kind of forcing you, right, mm-hmm. to live through your faith, right, mm-hmm. if you trust my word, right? Because if you're not diligent in and not forcing. It. Well, forcing in the sense of the the commitment to to study and read and apply God's word. Right. Right. I look at it for because that's the only way I'll do it. Okay. Right. If I force, <laughs> I, I I. But then it's not. Okay. Go ahead. Force my ahead. mindset. Right. Okay. Like like um, not force as in you you know it's a bad thing. But I like you know I'm holding myself accountable. Right. My mm-hmm. life won't be right unless I tap into God's word. Mm-hmm. So even when I'm tired. Even when I'm frustrated, even when I'm angry, somehow, some way, I need to make myself right mm-hmm. get in tune with God at that moment. Okay. Right. So that's what I mean by forcing myself is that that no matter what pressure I'm under, I still need to be able to tap in to the grace of God. I still need right to connect with Him mm-hmm. on any level, no matter where I'm at in my mm-hmm. life. And and that's what was missed, right? So so I believe that that I went through certain things in life because I didn't understand. Right. Okay. Such scriptures that applied even, you know, because there are many, um, even in the Old Testament, right, in the New Testament that reflects on God's grace, right, mm-hmm. and the whole concept of thorns that were mostly among people, <laughs> right, people, you know, in some connection um, that was turbulent. So I, I really feel like that disconnect and, you know, not staying or not investing like I should have years ago. Right. Okay. To understand what God was calling me to do. Right. Causing me more heart. Right. It caused me more devastation. Caused me to make decisions. Right. Mm-hmm. That because I didn't connect with Him, because I didn't necessarily understand that um, everything wasn't just about the devil is trying to make my life hard. Mm-hmm. I ran. Right. And so. That's where I was with this, right? Okay. Um, how and then that question of how to live, right? How to live, like, because that's action oriented, not just you reciting it to yourself. True. Right, because that's that's what we tend to do a lot is just recite scripture. Mm-hmm. But then that that action, that that application, is where I am catching up more now. Ah, okay. Does that make sense? Like, okay. I we could talk about the scripture. But but how when we go into saying, okay, how do you live it out? Right? That's not it's becoming more prevalent, mm-hmm. but it was more of, okay, let's let's go to Bible class, right? Let's go to vacation Bible school, let's do all these things, right? Load us up, but then what? Mm. Right? How do we go back to everyday life behind the scenes, within the four walls of your own space mm-hmm. that you are living out God's word every day? Yes. Right? Because no one's there to hold you accountable. Does that make sense? So it's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm getting to that, right? I'm, I'm much stronger than I was because I, I better understand what it takes, right, mm-hmm. to live out God's word. Okay. Right? Yes. And we have a couple of comments here. Okay. But go ahead. 
So I, I, I saw Felicia. Felicia, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. get to your comment about from last week because it kind of what I was about to say kind of ties into that. So um, just to go back to your original statement about the thorn, uh, just so we we we're clear. We we there are there is a division, and it's a healthy division. I shouldn't say division. It's a debate. Okay. Healthy debate in uh, I'm gonna make up a word Christendom. Uh, Christendom. Uh, theology. Theological debate. Okay. Uh, about what Paul's thorn was. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some who, they know it was a, it was a flesh issue, but the, 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 the question is, what flesh issue was it? Um, um, because Paul dealt a lot with, the, when P, Paul was the one who made the statement, it's better to marry than to burn. Uh, okay. uh, and and so, so many folk went, jumped and got married, because some preacher told them it's better to marry than to burn. You end up marrying somebody crazy, and that's why the divorce <laughs> rate in the church is what it is. Uh, but disturbed, I, not crazy. I, disturbed, disturbed, you're right. Disturbed. I'm sorry. Pray for me. Pray for me. This is your show. Pray for me. <laughs> Pray for me. Um, um, but the other one was um, the fact that uh, when before Paul, when Paul was Saul, he was very uh, in his knowledge. And in his learning, he believed that it was him and it was his responsibility and it was his doing and it was not the calling of God or not the grace of God, but that it was all on him. So there was a level of, to go back to last week, there was a level of conceit mm. on Paul's part okay. where, where I fall on the side of those who believe that Paul had a self-issue. A self-issue. Okay. And Paul says to God, if you can remove this thing from me, and God said, no, I'm, this is going to be something you're going to struggle with as long as you live, because God says, I'm going to let you know that my grace is sufficient for you. That's why the statement comes from. So he says, you're going to carry it, and you're going to do okay with it. Okay. You're going to carry it, because if I remove it from, because see, then the question comes, then the question comes, if you remove it, now I'm, now I'm thinking, you know, a lot of times we, we want God to do the big miracle. So we say, God, just take this thing from me. But if he just takes it from us, we never learn mm-hmm. how to deal with it, right? right? So it's kind of like you deal with addiction, yes. right? Yes. So, so look at it from that standpoint. You deal with addiction. At some point, the addict has to be able to be around whatever it was he was addicted to and not feel the need or the desire to commit whatever that addiction is. Mm -hmm. So God is saying, I'm not going to just heal you from it. I need you to know that my grace is sufficient and that I will cover you, but I'm not going to remove it. So you're going to walk with this for the rest of your journey. Okay. And for some of us, I think when we, if the, your, your, your question was, was how, do we, how do we carry that in our everyday, in our everyday lives? And, and it's, it's to recognize that God leaves us with some uh, of our infirmities on purpose. Okay. Because he recognizes that if in our infirmities, if he removes them, then, there, then there's always the likelihood that we can go revert to who we believe we were. And if I believe I was all that before I went to God, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, I'm all that, and I ain't got that one little issue no more. Now it's like, well, look what I can do versus yeah. look what God is doing for me. So that's why always I, I, it, we got to be really careful when, when, when we talk about, and your question say grace and mercy. Uh, uh, the grace or, or, or mercy came, you know, is, is what we're celebrating this week. Yes. That mercy comes yes. from what he's, what, you know, what, what, uh, uh, you know, I ain't going to get into the whole day thing. I'll do that tomorrow on, on my show on Good Friday <laughs> like I do, like Here I've done go. every year <laughs> since I've been on the air. I have to give, them, give it to him. I have to teach it. I have to. I'm a, I'm a teacher. Um, but uh, what we're celebrating his death, burial, and resurrection. Yes. Right. Yes. So, so if you go back to the John 3.16 scripture, you know, uh, he, uh, uh, was that he came for the world. The whole world, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So, so uh, if, if if we're gonna go with that mindset, if we're gonna go with that, but if if not to go with that mindset, if if we truly believe that, then we move from uh, from us what we believe to what God is saying. We we move from we no no we move from uh, um, we move from self belief or self-righteousness into okay. his righteousness. That's yes. what I wanted to say. Yes. From okay. self-righteousness into his righteousness, thereby recognizing that it's only by the grace, as old folk used to say, it's only by the grace. Right. It's only by the grace we of God that, we're, that come a long <laughs> way. Ah, come on now. That it's only by the grace of God yeah. that we are where we are, and it's only by his mercy that we don't, that we don't die yeah. in our sin. Mm. So that's why he said, don't worry about your, your, your flesh issue. Know that you're covered in the grace and know that it's because of my mercy that you don't die in it. And, and, and so, because uh, I want, I, I, the reason I pushed back on your force issue was because he never forces us. Oh, but no. but no, what no. he does yeah. do is he, get, he shows us what it feels like for a, he gives us glimpses of what it's like to him to take his hand partially off of us or to partially remove the hedge, like Job, to partially remove the hedge of protection around and let us go through it. And, 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 and you know, so even if you took the Job, the Job character from the Bible, Job, you know, it was in a position where, you know, he was like, you know, uh, 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 I got, I recognize that this is, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, even though Job was listed as upright and perfect, he still had uh, some some issues, yeah. Yeah. and we all do. Yeah. And and that's why when it comes to that grace situation, we need to be we need to be mindful that that is that it's only by the, you know by the grace mm-hmm. that 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 mm-hmm. we're here. Yeah, powerful. So right? that's good on your part, though. That that, that was good. I'm about to look at the article that you. Uh, okay. But yeah, that's it, good. It um you know I, I look at this as. You know, how do you think about where you think about um, emotional wellness, right? Mm-hmm. How is spirituality is an important part of your life and it's deficient, okay. right? It, it's like a domino effect, right? If your spiritual life, which is important to you, is deficient, mm-hmm. it's lacking, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not necessarily tapping into what you need or have the resources you need right, to, to get it where it needs to be. And so now you're in distress, mm-hmm. right? You're emotionally stressed out, you're mentally stressed out because now your thoughts, right, are roaming. And, you know, I, I feel like people 
when, when we begin to get stressed out um, because we don't understand why certain things are happening in our life, right, that causes that mental and physical decline, mm-hmm. right, in health. And so, you know, again, as I was studying this and I was like, wow, you know, this is, this is, this shows how we have to take care of all areas of our lives, mm-hmm. right? We just can't get focused on financial gain and financial stability, right? There's so many things that make us who we are. And so one, one major deficiency can cause, you know, uh, um, you know, consequences, right, in other areas of your life. And, you, you know, when I think, think about that, you know, there are many people with a whole lot of money have mental health issues, who have, you know, issues with, with just financial um, responsibility, right? They don't even know how to keep it. So I feel like, you know, that's where, um, for me, when it gets down to how, you know, we talked a, a couple of months ago about taking care of your soul, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And what, what that actually means from a day-to-day standpoint is mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever you use to live by, mm-hmm. right, you have to understand it. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to understand that it's not about just reading, 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 reading. If you don't understand how it truly applies to you and you're able to personalize it, this is where you begin to doubt. Right. Mm-hmm. And you question. Right. The existence of you question the validity of what you're reading, particularly, you know, the Bible. So, so you know, that's kind of, you know, where I am. It's like just on this mission to, to know that um, because I live by the Bible, I need to make sure that I'm diligent with not just reading and rereading, right, mm-hmm. but understanding how it specifically applies to me. And do I actually understand the content in the context, mm. right, of what's, what's being said or what I'm reading about, you know, so. so. But that's why, that's why it's always important to recognize and I tell people anything when you anybody if even if even if you were if you were a brand new Christian or you were a Christian who's been in church for a long time and and you just now decided to study the Bible or get more acquainted mm-hmm. uh, with the Bible, I, I I tell people you always want to read you know like for instance you went to this scripture right you you went to the my grace is sufficient right which yeah. is what Second Corinthians yeah. something up in there mm-hmm. uh, you went to that scripture and. Uh, mm-hmm. The question is: You first you read the entire chapter, the, entire chapter, the <laughs> yes. before and the after, yes. because see, it's too easy, and that's how the enemy tricks us. It's too easy to take that scripture and twist it mm. to make it fit your paradigm. And 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 a lot of times when you somebody will say, "Well, uh, God's grace is sufficient." That that doesn't mean you need to lay in whatever it is you're in. I was just thinking that, and right? Because yeah. that's what see that's what folks that's, <laughs> yes, that, that's yes, unfortunate. Yes. But and, and and a lot of times that comes from you had a lot of and and I don't want to get no trouble with nobody. Uh, but I think you got a different crowd, so I'd probably be okay. Uh, but you have a lot of preachers who were illiterate. Oh Lord. So when I mean when I say illiterate, they were they 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 weren't reading to comprehend; they were reading from memory. So, oh. so, so they taught okay. just based off of what somebody else told them. It's kind of like, you know, if, if, if it's kind of like what we were told as, 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 as slaves, you know, it's, it's slaves obey your masters and blah, 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 you know, and, and they took that and ran with it because they were illiterate. They couldn't read either. Most of them couldn't read. So 
Mm. When you when you have those when when teaching comes from that level of ignorance, okay. I'll use that word. And when teaching comes from that level of not knowing ignorance, not knowing, then you're going to get people who will take scripture like that and take it way out of context. And instead of allowing uh, the the scripture to speak for itself, that's the difference between what we call exegesis and eisegesis. You know, exegesis is you making the scriptures, uh, uh, eisegesis is you making the scripture say what you want it to say versus exegeting just says, well, what does the scripture actually say? Right. So yeah. in, 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 in this case, that scripture is backed up and then I'm going I'm to leave this alone because I think, you know, but that's on you. Uh, but that scripture is backed up by Ephesians 2. Ephesians, uh, where he turns around and says, he said, for it's by grace, I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. that you've been saved and it's through faith, you know, and, and, and it's not from yourselves, but it's a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Not by works. Right. Not, by, not by anything you, you did, did so that you can't <laughs> boast about. Right. So he says, it's by faith. Yes. It's for grace that you've been saved through faith, and it's not from you, but it's a gift from God. Yes. So, so, so that, that's what he says, my grace is sufficient. But I'm not going to let you do it on your own, because if you do, then you're going to become a braggart. See what I did? And, and <laughs> you, you won't continue doing what you need to do to stay well, yes, and right? To, and, and to stay humble. That, yeah. You needed yeah, Paul but, to yeah. stay humble. Yeah. Because Paul was not humble when he was going around getting folks killed. Paul was saying, hey, you going to hell, and I ain't. Holla at him. <laughs> Felicia says, yes, a lot of folks quote the Bible in IT versions, not in there. You know what? <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. That, I'm done. That was cold. I'm done. <laughs> done. Oh my God. Not in that NIT. I love that. Mm. So so yes, I, I summarize this by saying, listen, right? God does not want you to live in sickness. Or the AINT. <laughs> right? It ain't in there. He wants you to have faith. <laughs> And understand, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that living in his grace requires you or should end with you giving him all the glory, right, mm-hmm. um, sharing about his greatness, uh, highlighting the glory of his deliverance, yeah. right, and trusting him in him alone. Mm-hmm. He wants you to get through it, not sit and die in it, mm. Okay. So, so that, that's the action behind, right, living in graces. His grace is sufficient for you. All right, good stuff. All right, thank you. Yes. Amen. I can, I can try to help a little bit. <laughs> All right, here thank we me, go. Thank be to God. <laughs> All right, y'all, let's keep going here. Now, uh, we, we're coming up with Did You Know. Okay. Oh, now, this probably, you know. <laughs> Take us out of the spirit rim a little bit Uh-oh. here. Um, and Felicia, we're going to get to your statement in one second. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about laughing. All right. Mm. And it says here, did you know laughing mm-hmm. burns more calories than you think? Okay. Just 10 to 15 minutes of laughing a day can burn up to 40 calories, according to a Vanderbilt University study. Uh, it's determined that the increase in heart rate and oxygen consumption during these funny moments boosted the burn, right? So keep laughing. 
right? Um, because you actually burn calories. Hmm. Do you laugh about 10, 15 minutes a day? Then I laugh all day. <laughs> all <laughs> doggone day. Let's see. I need to laugh some sleep. I need to laugh some more. That's why he's skinny. That's why I need to laugh some more then. Oh, wow. <laughs> you ready to eat? need to go to some comedy show. I need to bring comedy. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to listen to some old Richard Pryor. I need to just start laughing profusely. Yes. 40 calories? Forty Up to 40 calories. Now, I, 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 and somebody tried to tell you to stop laughing. I'm sure. Right. Somebody's healthy. I, I knew mm-hmm. this, actually. I think I knew part of this because I remember somebody said that the same, the same amount of calories you burn laughing, you also burn crying. Oh. Well, that's some serious crying. I should be malnourished. <laughs> I cry a lot. <laughs> Malnourished. I'm starving. Yeah, I'm starving on the inside like emotionally. Why am I not <laughs> Man, <laughs> body just hold on. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, so get your laugh on, great people. Get oh, your laugh on. Make sure you laugh 10, 15 minutes a day. Okay? Burn up to 40 calories. 40 calories, huh? 40 calories. Okay. All right. The same 40 is in, in crying, too, Damon? Yeah, that's, that's, what I, that's what I was... I, yeah. I, well, I, you I, can cry and laugh, right? So who said you had to be, so get 80. Had to be a sad laugh? You can, what if it's laughing and crying? Laugh until laugh, you cry. Yeah. Can I get 80 for that? No? I can't double up if I laugh until I start crying? That, I, that, I ain't doubling it up? No, you don't. The water is just coming out your eyes. Not, oh, you know. so it's just water weight. <laughs> <laughs> you just dropping water weight. You ain't really. Oh my goodness. Okay, I just had to. Ask. All right, here we go. Next one here. Uh oh. Did you know? Still, still dealing with laughing, right? Mm-hmm. Did you know that rats and monkeys laugh? I knew monkeys laugh. You did? I didn't know. Yeah. It says here, it might sound strange. Uh oh. But several scientists have elicited. Tickle-induced vocalizations from primates, right? I can believe that. Penny Patterson, president of the Gorilla Foundation, says that Coco, the Mm -hmm. the gorilla famous for her sign language abilities, Mm -hmm. even had a special laugh for visitors she liked. And he goes on to say that in rats, apparently have very ticklish necks. Um, When Bowling Green State University scientists... Uh, and his graduate students tickled baby rats next. The rodents emitted high-frequency chirps that they interpreted as laughter. So, so oh Lord, go ahead. So what I heard you say was, when the rat trap come down on that neck, I'm not gonna laugh. There is some laughter that goes forward before they go ahead and kick the bucket. So that squeaking we hear is laughter. <laughs> that device is not tickling. Oh. The neck. <laughs> just trying to figure some stuff out. I was just... Then over like coochie coo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's interesting. All right. Yeah. All right. That's all so I got for you on that one, though. I ain't, I ain't really, you know. 
I knew about. I think I knew about the monkeys though, because I've I, seen monkeys. I've seen monkeys in like videos of monkeys, like literally laughing. Oh. Yeah, you could see them like physically laughing, like laughing, like humans. I mean, they're not that far mm. from us. You know, I mean, I'm not an evolution dude, but they're not that far from us. Wow. Okay then. There we go. Okay. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm gonna go YouTube that. Yeah, you so laughing monkeys. <laughs> right, you can laugh at the monkeys and y'all, there you go. I think I need to go see a weight loss person <laughs> about this whole <laughs> crying and laughing. Okay, all right. All right, here we go, y'all. Uh, tonight's topic Uh-oh. is continuing with mm-hmm. the personality disorders. Last week we talked about uh, narcissism, mm-hmm. right? Narcissistic personality disorder. So tonight, we're going to dive into um, borderline personality disorder. And so, you know, I shall put this disclaimer out there since we're going a little bit more into um, talking about mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, Healthy Soul Talk LLC, mm-hmm. um, express disclaims responsibility that the information provided on this show is for informational purposes only intended to provide knowledge about mental health topics. The information should not be considered complete and should not be used in place of a visit, call, or consultation or advice of your physician and other health care providers. All right. Um, if you have specific questions mm-hmm. about a medical condition, you should consult your doctor or other qualified medical professionals for assistance or any questions you have regarding a medical condition. In the event of a medical emergency, please seek emergency medical care through a doctor, hospital, or emergency calls number such as 911. You should never disregard medical advice or delay seeking it because of something heard on the show. All right? And I put that out there because um, I know that people listen, and Mm -hmm. I often say this when I'm in workshops and with my students, that please don't diagnose yourself. Mm. Right. This is only to to give you comfortable. Right. Get you comfortable to talk to. Right. Your your doctor or your clinician. Mm-hmm. But that's where we are is to um, walk alongside you on this journey. Right. Not to tell you what you have or you to go in further. Right. Try to figure this thing out alone. All right. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> so Felicia asked earlier during her virtual women's meeting, they talked to more about narcissistic personalities. <clears throat> After viewing the show, the, le- the lady referenced the scripture, Mark chapter 3, verses 33 through 35, when deciding to go no contact with family. Please let me know your thoughts when you have time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to look I'm going to look it up. Go ahead. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're we going to talk about that. And we, I know it's going to tie into where we are mm-hmm. um, this week. But so narcissism was uh, more of the grandiose, right, all about self-centered behavior that, you know, typically has no regard for how others feel. It's all about you, all right? And we know that there's some other things that come with that. When defining a personality disorder, uh, we want to be clear of what that is, right? And Mm -hmm. so we know that a personality is the way of thinking, feeling, and behaving that makes a person different from the other person. All right. And it, it's an individual's personality that is influenced by experiences, 
their surroundings and life situation. And it's also inherited characteristics. A person's personality typically stays the same over time. A personality disorder is a way of thinking, feeling, and behaving that deviates from the expectations of the culture. It causes distress or problems in functioning, and it lasts over a prolonged period of time. All right, and clearly we have what's called the DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders that we um, use to gauge the criteria for diagnosing such conditions. All right, so a personality disorder is a way of thinking, feeling, and behaving that deviates from the expectations of the culture that causes distress and problems with certain levels of functioning, and it lasts for a prolonged period of time. And you may say, okay, what is borderline personality disorder? All right. Um, I hear this term a lot, obviously, because I'm in the mental health field, but also um, just out and about. Um, it's, it's becoming more commonly discussed, um, and, and it's asked the question, you know, whether or not a person feels they have borderline personality disorder, also known as BPD, or it's someone sharing to another person um, that they feel someone else that they know has it. And so what it really is, it's a, it's a complex and debilitating neurological disorder, right, marked by impairment and regulating emotions that lead to impulse, um, impulse control issues, distortion of thought, identity disturbance, um, very uh, toxic and unstable interpersonal relationships, anger outbursts, self-harm, and suicidal thoughts and attempts. All right? So, so this particular disorder is not just about the outward presentation. It is something that is going on in the brain. We know that there, is, there are many studies, there's continued research efforts that actually track tracks brain functioning, right? Meaning what lights up, and that's kind of a, you know, simple way to look at it. Um, what emotions or what parts of the brain um, operates, right? When certain stimuli are presented to it and those that don't, right? So there is a lot of um, research that, that can actually um, detect and has confirmed that this particular disorder has a neurological component to it of that, that basically a person is unstable, right, uh, chemically or we could say hormonally, okay? Um, and I'm just going to kind of read through before we jump into, you know, the symptoms here. How does it feel to live with BPD from a patient's perspective, okay? Borderline personality disorder, okay? A complex and debilitating neurological disorder. Says that, go ahead. So I'm just to, just to help us out, I'm just thinking somebody may be thinking this because I am. So okay. borderline versus what? Real? I mean, not real, but all the way? Like, what's the other side of it? Like, if I'm borderline, then what's the... You said you're not borderline? No, I said if you're borderline, then what's the other side of it? Borderline means I'm right on the edge. And, or am I reading too much into the word borderline? No. <laughs> like, I'm on the verge of having... I'm tired. I'm so to you laughing. I was being I like that because it, I am going to go back and read the history of how we came up with this name. Yeah, because it's like borderline, meaning I, I kind of got a problem, but I don't. I mean, it is no. Okay, no, it is not. Don't not, be out. Not, I will get that answer. 
answer for you, all right? Uh, but this is a cluster of personality, antisocial, narcissistic, right, histrionic. There's a cluster there of personality disorders that we more commonly um, talk about. So no borderline, no, you're not borderline anything. Oh, okay. um, that is the t- <laughs> that is the term of this particular uh, disorder. Okay, I'm gonna look up the history. Who, who coined this term? All right, here we go. Um, so, how does it feel to live with borderline personality disorder from a patient's perspective? It's like driving an emotional vehicle that is accelerating and one cannot hit the brakes. It's like riding a an emotional roller coaster with ups and downs multiple times in one day. It involves intense shifting feelings that can lead to terrible emotional pain and even hopelessness. Got it? Right? This is a day to day, right? Day to day throughout the day. Um, some statistics show that it says here uh, six out of every 100 people will develop BPD in his or her lifetime. Mm. Men and women are equally affected. 10% of those with BPD in their lives by suicide. Up to 75% of individuals with this personality disorder attempt suicide during the course of their illness. And 50 to 80% of those diagnosed also have a substance use disorder. And if you think about what, what I read from that patient's perspective, you can clearly see, right, or, or hear why they may turn to self-medication. So you, you see, Patricia Butts had the same question. She said, that's true. I remember my many, many parents asking the same thing. She worked in schools. Oh, so, so and they were diagnosed by borderline? Well, that, that's, you remember them asking what the borderline, what, what borderline was in relationship to what? That, oh, that okay. question. Gotcha. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, okay, the term. Yeah. Right. I, I think that, so... I'm thinking about borderline autistic, right, or borderline ADHD. That's kind of where I'm putting in that school setting. Mm. Got it. Okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. Which, all right, so for clarity purposes, borderline, we typically use where we can't fully diagnose some, a kid with ADHD because they don't meet the full criteria that's mm-hmm. listed in the DSM-5. So we typically say not, not, um, not otherwise specified right, or unspecified, right, because they don't fully meet the criteria of that. And that's kind of where a, a few factors could go into that. Do we need more time to see if it goes longer or lasts longer, or do we need to rule out any medical conditions, right, that can contribute to this underlying cause of symptoms, right? So I get the borderline, meaning uh, we can't fully um, diagnose them because they don't meet the full criteria that's needed. So this is what I found uh, on the American Psychiatric Association. APA. Yeah. There you go. All right. It says borderline personality disorder wasn't recognized as a psychiatric illness by the APA until 1980. Mm-hmm. It's classified as a personality disorder, which means it's a disorder in how the individual relates to himself or herself and to other people. But then it says originally this severe form of mental illness was considered to be on the borderline between psychosis and neurosis which is where the term borderline came from. Which, which they had to change. Oh, right. Okay. Because mm-hmm. psychosis 
we know what psychosis is. Right. So, they, so they, did, they did go up. They did, they did change it to. Uh, they did say what is known about BPD today. It says today the term neurosis is used is isn't used as a diagnosis anymore. Yeah. And BPD is not considered a disorder falling under the category of psychosis. Yes. Right. BPD officially became a personality disorder in 1980 in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental blah 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 in the DSM three. There it is. Okay, so that's where the they just never changed the name, but Correct. that's where the borderline thing came from because they originally thought it was the borderline between neurosis and psych and psychosis. That's what they said way back then in 1938. Three. Uh, yeah. Which yeah. I mean, let's not get into the four and five. Yes, yeah, so we're right. on five. So they so they just never they probably need to update the name I guess maybe from borderline. No, yeah. I know that. I'm just saying. Yeah, and in the involvement of that, you, you know, because I, I think about borderline, the word itself, right? You okay. know, because some conditions are named after, you know, the theorist or similar to, right? Um, and so, you know, it's still interesting to, 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 with the term borderline, mm-hmm. right, with psychosis versus neurosis, mm-hmm. like, I still have that question, borderline, which one, right? And mm-hmm. so the mixture of. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I like that. Further research, right? Because it, 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 then we changed it. We totally revamped it, right? In, in terms of is it, is it right. more neurological, right? right? Or is it more psychotic, which obviously we took neurosis out of there by uh, DSM-4. Yeah. Huh. Scientists behind that particular term. There you go. Uh, Warrants more questioning. All right, here we go. So keep going, right, up to 50 to 80% of those have the substance use disorder. All right? And so getting into what are the signs and symptoms, okay? Uh, People with borderline personality disorder may experience mood swings and may display uncertainty about how they see themselves or their role in the world. All right? As a result... Their interest and values can change quickly. Mm. People with this personality disorder also tend to view things in extremes, such as all good or all bad. Their opinions of other people can also change quickly. An individual who is seen as a friend one day may be considered an enemy or traitor the next day. These shifting feelings can lead to intense and unstable relationships. So here are some signs and symptoms um, that a person may display. Now, the, the difference here when you say signs and symptoms, we know that signs typically it's what we see, right, what you can observe in a person. Symptoms uh, are, is what a person reports to you, right? I'm feeling, right, a certain way. We report symptoms to our doctor. Our doctor uh, gives us signs, right, see, that they see, right, in us. Okay, so both ways here. You can see it in someone or they can tell it to you. Here we go. Um, Efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment, such as rapidly initiating intimate, which includes physical or emotional relationships, or cutting off communication with someone in anticipation of being abandoned. Right? Um, Rapidly. Yeah. Or, or, you know, the other way, rapidly initiating intimate relationships. Okay, okay. Right? Or cutting off communication with someone anticipating. You may think about this. Um, 
again, from a personality uh, disorder perspective, this is all the time. Right? Okay. So they can change partners every week, every month, every day, every two months, but it's quickly and it's like a revolving door, right? Hmm. Because that fear of, right, of abandonment because the anxiety is higher or they need to um, alleviate those feelings of abandonment with initiating intimate, right, physical or emotional relationships. Oh. Right. Um, next one here, a pattern of intense or in unstable relationships with family, friends, and loved ones often swinging from extreme closeness and love to extreme dislike or anger. Right. And so, again, you know, um, thinking about um, how, how do you be in a relationship, whether that's the kinship or intimate or friendship mm-hmm. with someone who this is, ex, you know, swinging from extreme closeness and love mm-hmm. to extreme dislike. Right. So one minute they could, it's almost like an infatuation, so to speak, they're overly right engaging with they're overly desiring to be close to you. Right. In the next minute, they could, for all practical purposes, you know, uh, detest your very presence. Mm. Right. And this is a cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so imagine, you know, particularly if it's your child, right. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to figure out what's wrong with this relationship. Why do we continue to have, you know, this friction? Right. Um, these are, these are very unstable and we can't even say this is a toxic relationship, right? Because this person to, to a great extent cannot control right? Their emotions. And this is a very intense therapeutic approach to, to help a person regulate their emotions. So for instance, they're easily, you can be easily offended, right? When you have this type of um, neurological issue, um, anything can set you off. So, so Mm -hmm. something minor, right? Let's just say if, you know, I didn't cook, you know, the meal that you wanted me to cook, you can, you can, you have the ability to turn that into like a war, Mm-hmm. Right. And and it's not like this, uh, you know, uh, it's very dramatic in, in terms of the brain. Right. It's just not allowing them to regulate their emotions like it's inappropriate. Right. Mm-hmm. Inappropriate. OK. I, I, I almost want to fight you. Right. Because, you know, um, dinner is not what I need to be. We know in, in a more um, rational and, and moral environment, you know, we would have had a discussion at, at best. Right about okay, what happened within or not? You know, us almost going to fight, you know, over that situation. So that's that's a very basic um, one, but but this is how um, he, individuals get really really frustrated, mm-hmm. right? We're gonna talk about like why you shouldn't um, uh, treat a person with borderline personality disorder as though they have 100% control over mm-hmm. what they're mm-hmm. doing and what they're thinking and, you know, how their impulse uh, control issues. All right. Next one is they have a distorted and unstable self-image or sense of self. Mm. Okay. Um, they are impulsive and often dangerous behaviors such as spending sprees, unsafe sex, substance abuse, reckless driving, and binge eating. Wow. All right. And so, you know, there's a site on here that says if these behaviors occur primarily during times of elevated mood or energy, they may be 
indicative of a mood disorder rather than personality, borderline personality disorder, hence uh, such as bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. right? Or, you know, um, trauma, trauma-related disorder, okay? But for here, right, if we rule those other things out, um, these are some dangerous behaviors that can, can come about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, you know, how does this affect relationship? Well, you know, just think of that married couple and someone is suffering from this condition and they're losing, right, financially because of this particular, you know, impulse, right, behavior, right? And I'm talking like money is all gone. Credit cards maxed out, right? Um, you know, just in the spur of the moment, right, and then not being accounted for or it can't be replaced as much as it goes out, right? Um, even when you talk about unsafe sex, um, there's another disorder that really has focused more on, uh, particularly sex practices, but mm-hmm. unsafe sex meaning that, you know, you don't have, um, you, you have these experiences with whoever, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever you are attracted to mm-hmm. and no matter where you are, right? It, it can be, um, an impulse on impulse or, you know, like the, like I said earlier, um, immediate, right, immediate sex practices. Yeah. Which, you know, thinking about that, I, I just, you know, for me, um, being careful with, with how today we're normalizing mm-hmm. a lot of things that we talk about in some mental health conditions, right? And so, but... Normalizing to the point of overlooking? Not even, well... That it's normal. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's, oh, that's just how yeah. he is or how she is. Or, no, we, that's or they what are. we do. That's right? what we do. Like, you know, we right. make it where this, this is. That's normal. Yeah. yeah, which is not. Right. No. It, yeah. and, and, and that's hard because um, on the other side, you know, of, of the work, uh, you know, that I do is there's a level of unhappiness. Right, that goes into this behavior that we are slowly glamorizing. Right, mm. so being in multiple sexual relationships, right, mm-hmm. somehow we've kind of twisted this concept of you know casual sexual experiences is such a healthy, healthy way of being. You know, mm-hmm. and, and for some people, they're trying to stop. Right. So so imagine that person who's saying, no, this doesn't feel right. Right. No, this doesn't. You know, um, uh, there's a lot that goes into, quote unquote, casual, casual sex experiences or one night stands. Right. Um, and here we are saying, oh, you're young. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, do all this before you get married. Like we were beginning, you know, or, you know, uh, let's talk about open relationships. Right. So so I feel like we, we are in some instances, accommodating mm-hmm. for conditions of people um, that that we, we instead of getting to, okay, if you're feeling some type of way about doing this behavior, mm-hmm. right, let's look at ways you can stop versus, oh, no, I, we don't see anything wrong with that, right? You know, right. getting in before, you know, you get to a certain age or, you know, you walk down that aisle or, you know, um, you have a long time before you need to commit. Right. So is that why we're seeing the influx of throuples? Who? Three, three people oh. as in, in a, three people in a relationship. Hold on, hold on. Say, say one more time. Thruple. Thruple. Thrip- oh, thruple. Thruple. Like thruple. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Okay. Oh. Three. That's a word now. Yeah. I'm done. 
Yeah, three. I'm going to get Nikah. Three. It's not. I mean, like you know, some people like have some people you know do the whole you know this is my sister wife, and you know they yeah the whole like you know the one the one guy having two wives or more and everything else like that. Some and the women, the women who have like either other partners like you know they or or men, but they're not married or you know or put some labels to it throuples. Like you know, it's three of them in a, and like it's like almost being normalized now. You're seeing a lot of it. I'll say this: the backlash mm-hmm. of being in no. You start out in a relationship, mm-hmm. and you're asked, "Can we bring someone into our intimate space?" Mm-hmm. The backlash, to, you know, it's not an immediate um, consequence, right, or, or emotional disturbance. Like, I, mm-hmm. I've, I've spoken with people, I've been around people who were asked to bring in a third person into their relationship, and they did it to satisfy the other partner, and the mindset changed, they're emotionally distressed, uh, they, they, and I'm talking, it could have been years you know, ago where um, we've normalized that particular thing of, you know, mm-hmm. it's okay, you know, to bring another woman in because I, I don't hear too much about bringing another man into, you know, a heterosexual relationship. But there are many women out there who who consented, right, to bringing in a third person mm-hmm. who have emotional issues or, or there were there were some things that came after that experience that they didn't expect. Mm. Right. And so, um, you know, I I caution, I really caution doing that because I know, right, the devastation that comes from that later on. Right. When that relationship doesn't work out or what what essentially was asked to be one time is now asked to become a regular routine. Mm -hmm. Right. And now you get into, you know, and I'll go here in the midst of you're not even paid attention to anymore. Mm. And now you're feeling some type of way. Right. Or you're asked to bring in different third, quote unquote, people into the relationship. And, and for many women, they do it because they want to keep the man. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, it is. It's, it's a really um, emotionally, right, disturbing uh, consequence that comes that comes from that. You you can't just shake that off once you do it. Oh, let me let me not say I know. You <laughs> 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 talking too much. Wait a minute, nope, I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, I'm just I'm just I'm you know you see it in TV. Yes. You see it in yes. TV. You see uh you know you know these little Facebook stories like you know love different. And these people are like, uh, or you know, different. Uh, especially TikTok, you see, you see, you're seeing a lot of it now, and everything. And so, and then, or, um, or even in the Muslim faith, like you know, as long as I get to see who the person is, you're here to bring in. And I'm like, how is this okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's um. And I think that's the downfall of when I see we're making exceptions or we're rationalizing or making some things a common practice. We're actually not talking to people and how it really impacts them. Like, you know, 
obviously I deal with a very vulnerable, you know, we're in a certain space, right? Mm-hmm. All secrets are safe with me. Um, and so, again, it's just we have to be careful with, as a society, things that impact people long term that make, you know, um, trust issues arise, abandonment issues arise, all these different things uh, intensify, mm-hmm. right? When, when we, we say, oh, this is okay, right? Or, you know, just deal with it, right? Or, you know, that person who has a hard time um, committing to relationships because of fear of abandonment, you know, we say, oh, make sure you tell that person up front, right, that, that you're X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, that's not helping this person you know, address the, their trust issues. If we mm-hmm. say, okay, just every partner you get with, just make sure you tell them you have fidelity issues, right? And if they say, okay, I can deal with that, then that's your green, that's your green light, right? To do whatever it is on impulse because instead of addressing the issue, right, you want to stay in those particular patterns, right? It's hard, it's hard to change, right? It's hard to sit down and say, okay, well, why am I like this? Well, how did I get to... Um, you know, this this particular place, all right? Um, so, yeah, it's, it, ah, you know, it's, it's very complex, um, but on both sides, like, you know, the consenting of, right, when you get asked to do that, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then how do you, how do you what, what happens when you change your mind, right? It's almost like you're not even entitled to say, okay, yeah, I'm not feeling that anymore. No, let's go back to the two of us. Like, nah. Just the two of us. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Patricia says, uh, Is that what we're talking about? Oh. Uh, that's, oh, homosexuality, I think, was once listed in the DSM. It is not anymore. That is correct. They took it out because once upon a time, back in between, uh, and that was actually in the DSM-3 as well. Um, it was there and for um, it was taken out because essentially we could not say uh, homosexuality was a mental health issue, mm. right? It's an illness, sure. right? Mm. Uh, okay, there. Yeah, just move on. <laughs> just move on before I get in trouble. and I think I, as I watched some of those shows, they started off with two people, man and woman, then people got bored. Wow. Yeah, I know we veered off, but you know, it's like I know we veered off a little bit, no, but it's a, okay. I mean, no, no, I'm just talking about like you know, talking about this whole like you know, throuple <laughs> and everything else like that. <laughs> Were you talking about the what the word? No, I'm just like, why are we back on that again? No, <laughs> I was just apologizing, <laughs> Dana. No, Jesus, no. I was just apologizing. I, 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 I missed the comment. I'm sorry. Like, what well, well, we <laughs> Oh. Okay. All right. Moving along. Uh, <laughs> you know, in, in any things, right? Um, you, Pay attention. I'm trying. People, right, when you talk about mental health issues or let's just deal with the symptoms here. <sighs> A person finds, tries to find people where they can be comfortable in the symptoms. Comfortable right. in the symptoms. Yeah, so okay. being promiscuous, okay. right? Okay, okay. Um, for all practical purposes that they can uh, be, become codependent with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, if, if, if I find a crowd that, you know, uses, right, mm-hmm. then obviously I'm going to, quote, unquote, make myself available, right, in mm-hmm. a particular crowd, right? So, you know, I, can, I very well can see how, um, you know, it's just a lot, right? It's just a lot to um, human behavior right now that that we're seeing an in, in, in increase in mental health issues, right? Because we've normalized so many behaviors that we listed as symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. And so people are not in tune with these quote-unquote symptoms and they manifest themselves. So imagine that person early on who may have been abused or have abandonment issues, right? Um, may, you know, nature versus nurture, meaning, you know, they may have some you know, genetic factors that play a role in impulse issues and the environment they grew up in contributed to that. And now they're an adult, right? But, you know, when, when I think about the casinos, when I think about, you know, um, how many ways uh, you can spend money, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we've normalized, right? Spending money, mm-hmm. normalized. Hey, you know, uh, enjoy life. I think it's, it's like, well, are people really enjoying life, Right spending all their money and now now they're fi- financially, you know, stressed out or, you know, they, they can't even maintain healthy relationships. So now they're frustrated that now they're heading into, you know, a later stage in life and they wonder, will they ever get married and settle down and have children? Mm-hmm. Right? You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's really the thing mm-hmm. where um, it's not this instant. It's not instant that we recognize uh, when a person has these manifested symptoms because we're living in where we're normalizing. Right, such, mm-hmm. such behavior. So that's kind of the hard part. We see an increase in um, uh, persons being diagnosed with personality disorders, but for me, it's because we're going so long living in it. Right, this, we can say this person has lived like this for the past five, six, you know, ten years because, to some extent, in their environment, they could have normalized this only to find now where it's like, no, you know, something's not, something's not right. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, why, why do I keep Right. Or you begin to to say, okay, you know, um, I should be I don't even see myself. Right. As being happy or I'm helpless. And now we have the suicide attempt, self-injuries. There's so many signs. Right. That that manifested to such extremes as, you know, suicidal suicide attempts or thoughts and people being hospitalized. Right. And we need to take a look at just truly how long Mm -hmm. have they have they felt. Right. And I'm hearing people where, you know, um, um, you know, they've been dealing with it for years. Right. You mm-hmm. know, I did send for it looks at two weeks, you know, six weeks, two months. But people have have been in this for years. Mm-hmm. Right. Before they, they got to this state of, OK, I know something is wrong now because I didn't do this. Right. I'm mm-hmm. in this particular place now where where I can stay up all night. I don't sleep. Right. I find myself where even when I want to control my use, I can't. Right. I've been trying now. Now I can't eat without smoking. Now I can't eat without drinking. Right. They're at a place where but once was people around them was condoning. Right. People around them wasn't wasn't saying, hey, you know, just slow down a little bit. Right. Or what's wrong? You you look, you know, you look different today. What's, what's mm-hmm. going on? Mm-hmm. Instead, we kind of left them you know, to their own demise. All right. Um, some other, some other symptoms here, uh, we talk about, uh, self-harming behaviors such as cutting, recurring thoughts of suicidal behaviors or threats, right? Mm-hmm. Intense and highly changeable moods, 
um, with each episode lasting um, from an emptying a place of emptiness, um, inappropriate or intense anger or problems controlling anger, difficulty trusting, uh, which is sometimes accompanied by irrational fear of other people's intentions, feelings of dissociation, such as feeling cut off from oneself, observing oneself from outside of one's body, or feelings of un, um, not being in reality. Mm. Okay? Um, not everyone with borderline personality dis- disorder experiences every symptom. Right. Some experience only a few, while others have many mm-hmm. um, symptoms can be triggered by ordinary events. All right. Um, people with borderline personality disorder may become angry and distressed over minor separation. Right. Such as business trips or changes in plans, mm. um, particularly from people who may feel close. Um, the severity and frequency of the symptoms and how long they last vary depending on the individual in their particular illness. Wow. Okay. It's a lot there. <laughs> no. There, <there's, laughs> there is a lot there. There's a lot to digest there. Yes. You know, there, there, there's... Um, Which is totally different from narcissism. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> totally completely, completely on the other side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so so as, as we kind of get it, get a close here, what causes borderline personality yes. disorder. Um, of course, you know, we don't have direct causes mm-hmm. in terms of it's one way. All right. Mm-hmm. But what we do know um, that it can be genetic, environmental, or social factors that contribute, right, to the onset of this condition. So with family history, people who have a close family member, such as a parent or sibling with the disorder, may be at higher risk of developing BPD um, or BPD traits, such as uh, impulse control issues and aggression, all right? Mm -hmm. The brain, brain factors. Studies show that people with borderline personality disorder can have structural or functional changes in the brain, especially in the areas that control impulses and emotional regulation. Um, but it is not clear whether these changes were risk factors for the disorder or caused by the disorder, right? So again, you know, when you think about um, how you how you address or how you you know um, communicate with someone with disorder, you you have to keep in mind that you may not you're not going to get a, a people well cordial right conversation. You're not going to get this problem solving. Let me think about how I can do better. So people can be, I guess the, the thing with with BPD, um, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what BPD is you can, for lack of a better word, suffering from BPD, but also still have other issues like depression and um, what else is there? Uh, anxiety. Yeah, depression, anxiety, Mood changes, eating disorder, all that kind of stuff. You can you can be going through all of that and still have, and one have nothing to do with the other. Yeah, and and so so we want to rule out though, right? So so we we have to say if if I have an eating disorder, mm-hmm. then is that the primary cause for those symptoms I just talked about, right? Okay. Or is okay. are those symptoms the root cause of my eating disorder? Okay. Does that make it's hard? Okay, but it's yeah. like we have to get to the bottom of, you know, t- technically, what do we treat? 
right? Mm. And of course, the eating disorder, that's a, that is a very serious condition where it takes a, a system, right? A collaborative effort um, dentist, from the dentist to, you know, neurologist to nutritionist to What's the- psychiatric. There's many levels to that. So eating disorders, you can see the cause of eating disorders try to, um, it's external. Mostly okay. external and how you see yourself in the environment that you're in. What's, what is it called when you have the person um, recognize what their possible disorder is, or it's 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 a provisional some kind of therapy, but when they when they recognize these new behaviors or this new thing that they're doing, um, I'm trying to remember where I read this at. Oh God, it's not gonna work out for me. Uh, but it's um, something like evidence based. There's something like evidence based therapy. No, that don't sound right. Could be right, but I don't know. But it's either evidence-based therapy or something where the person sits there and they and they and they have a safe space because you mentioned something about safe spaces earlier, where they have a safe space to talk about I'm doing these new things and I don't know why, or oh, okay. I find myself you know whatever whatever and 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 yeah I don't know. Okay. Something to do with the with the cognitive with the. Uh, I'll, it'll pop in my head at some point. It'd be oh, well, there's no such thing as cognitive behavior therapy. Oh. Okay, what is that? That's different. What's that? CBT. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. Madam, <laughs> over here, y'all. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Excuse me. But I mean, but I, I mean, one don't know nothing over here. All right. <laughs> that is a form of therapy. Mm. That that's evidence based, actually. The premise of evidence based therapy or intervention. Help a brother out. Is uh, CBT. But in, and we have different types of CBT okay. methods for this particular uh, personality disorder because emotionally mm-hmm. it is overwhelming for a person and, and people around there. I, I, you know, I hope to someday be able to invite people on that, mm-hmm. that have these conditions just to, to get, you know, a real picture, right, to to how serious these conditions are and how debilitating it is, right, for a person, um, you know, to live day to day with this because we're talking where, you know, they can, they can be enraged one minute and, and it's not bipolar, right, it's really to the breaking down of crying, right, to, to you know, this is that's how they see life, how they see themselves, you know, this is all bad, life is just all bad, that's not bipolar. Right. This is where they 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 have this negative view of themselves and they they live in this. And the purpose of that would be so that people could see it or or hear it, hear it, intensity of it. Okay. because we we and I'm speaking as a society, we joke a lot Mm -hmm. about these very symptoms that people struggle with. Mm-hmm. And until you until you know what it feels like to battle with it mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. right? We would we we should be more sensitive and more aware mm-hmm. of how loosely, right? We talk about people with such conditions, okay. right? Okay. Such as that person who can't seem to uh, commit to relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Now I know on my side, you know I I know enough about the, the, the why or or certain things that a person can go through mm-hmm. in their life where being in a relationship, you know, is very complicated for them 
but sometimes well, in the past we we tend to make fun of or we tend to you know um, make people feel bad, right? Mm-hmm. When when they say, oh, you know, I can't seem to be committed or I can't seem to you know um, um, uh, refrain from having sex with you know everybody you know uh, that I that I date, right? You, you know, in in what we call them, you know, we, we call them, what we call them, right? You know, yeah. and it's like if you only knew that person who was sexually abused, and that's all that mm-hmm. their body knows, uh, right? That's, that in their mind, it. this is how I'm loved. This, this is how, how I, this is how I get past it, yes. or this is how I, this yes. is how I survive. Yeah, Got it. right. And until so they come to to the table and say, okay, you know, what's going on, or I've been battling this thing, or I can't even enjoy my interest, you know, my marriage now because. You know, I keep revisiting, right? Or mm-hmm. my body doesn't respond, right, mm. the way it used to respond. And this is because of this early introduction. Right? For lack of better words, it only responds to, quote, unquote, abuse versus what, yeah, right. I need this it's to, different. yeah, got it. And, and then, it's, then it's unwanted, right, because right. that's not a place you want to visit. Right. Because you're reviving right. it. So, right. so, so you seek and you try to find, okay, what will work? And then until you, you know, find the appropriate help, you Mm-hmm. continue to engage in such behavior, hmm. right? And so that's the compassion, right, that we need to have is that when you don't know the family history of a person, right, when you don't know what's, uh, you know, neurologically going on in their, their brain, right, mm-hmm. what factors play a, a role in that, and you don't know, right, the environment that they're around, right, which could be a lot of traumatic experiences or, you know, uh, we call them adversity during childhood, growing up in DCFS system, just being exposed to a lot of drug use and, mm-hmm. you know, even, even to, you know, our kids that are exposed to a lot of sexual activity, whether that's video or in the house, right? All this impacts them and it affects them later on in life, right? And so, so th- that goes into, you know, that personality then, right? When you say this, this is a way of being for that person, mm-hmm. right? They, they, they could be trying to escape feeling a certain way, right? Or they can have impulse control issues, mm-hmm. right? And, and so we're quick to judge, right? That person who has impulse control issues is like, you don't know their story, right? You, Got it. you just don't know their story. <clears throat> and, and I believe you don't need to know their story no. right? to, to respect no. them because you can't handle their story. Yeah. It, it, that, that's, that's a, that's a statement that a lot of, um, those of us in the church need to recognize we don't need to know the person's story. Mm-hmm. We just ask mm-hmm. you to support. We just ask you to pray. Right. You don't need to know all the ins and outs. That's why I say, so, you know, it's easy to say, again, it's, <clears throat> people take scripture out of context. You know, stand up and confess your sins one to another. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Folks be the ran out the door. You did what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's what's hard about this. Is, you know, um, we should be more open, right, mm-hmm. to finding a safe space, right. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, I say that to say, if you know someone who's experiencing these these symptoms or showing a sign, right, that you you yourself get the appropriate help, right, from you know a psychiatrist, psychologist, or you know, licensed clinical professional to help you um, diagnose, right, and get this treated, you know, because um, when people don't understand, they tend to judge or tell you 
what you should be doing, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't tell you what you should be doing. We come up with the plan, you know, together. So, so you know, be careful with, you know, um, when something is, you feel like something is going on within your mind, within your body, and you're seeking um, validation or, or feedback from non-professionals. But see, your, this, conversation, this conversation that you're having tonight, though, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I can see this conversation coming up. <clears throat> like Felicia mentioned her conversation in her group. I could see this conversation easily coming up, in, even if it was in a men's group, <clears throat> because you have to have that safe space where you can, you can have conversations and feel like, okay, I'm not going to be judged here. Uh, and at the same time, not being judged here, you know, you have someone who can speak to it from a, on a professional level. Right. Of course, you want the men to be able to talk freely, but then have someone who can speak to it on a professional level, whereas, you know what, you're not alone in this. That, that, that's, you know, you're showing possible signs or symptoms of, mm-hmm. you know, XYZ or BPD in this case. But, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to lose some weight. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, make sure, right, we're talking about this disorder, uh, personality disorders. Make sure, right, you know, you seek the appropriate consultation, the appropriate help, mm-hmm. right, to help you better understand you and where you are right where you are and how you think and how you process things how you see life how you see yourself mm-hmm. right um because you know with this particular with this particular personality disorder life is very hard which hence we have more higher rates of suicide and self-harming behavior right that's key here um is that this this is sometimes this can lead into multiple hospitalization right because of self-injury, um, which includes, you know, suicide attempts. Um, it's a very intense form of therapy. Most times we use group um, DBT, dialectical uh, behavior therapy, and, right, and it's helping a person to regulate. You know, that's hard when the brain, right, needs um, to be, from a neurological standpoint, um, examined as well, okay? So, so, of course, you know, if you're thinking about suicide, right, we have, you know, National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-8255 or 1-800-273-TALK, right? Also, you know, connect, um, you know, with your primary care physicians, right? There are many, uh, whatever state you're in, um, NAMI, N-A-M-I, right? That's the um, National Mental Health Organization that really provides resources. Okay, so you're not alone, right? You're not alone, and, and we are we're getting better, right, at talking about um, suicide, self-harm, um, dissociation, right, which is basically, you know, what we call the out-of-body experience, where you you disassociate it, you disassociate from unwanted, right, um, uh, emotions, right? Mm-hmm. You, you tap out, right, as they say, or you have these out-of-body experiences. Um, which is exhausting, right? All of that is mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. exhausting. And now you can't go to work, you can't go to school, and being uh, in relationships, whether it's family, friends, or, or loved ones, it's very hard. Okay, so so don't don't live with this in silence, right? There are people who specialize, 
who specialize in treating borderline personality disorder. Um, and these individuals, um, you know, they, they have the appropriate training. So when you're seeking, right, um, treatment for borderline personality disorder, you ask those questions, right, about their experience with treating such condition, okay, because it is such a, an intense um, therapy approach, um, which, which is two to three days a week. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not even our typical, you know, one day a week. It, it, it involves group, individual, um, sometimes family uh, counseling. So understand that, you know, there, there's um, a collaborative effort um, as well as the approach with helping you regulate your emotions in this long term. Right. So this is not a quick form of a therapeutic approach. Um, it's long term. Mm. Right. Because. It's ingrained, right? It's a way of being um, for you, okay? Although it's a highly stigmatized mental illness, but that, that's because we lack the understanding, right, and the education um, about what, how it impacts a person. But there are many websites, right, mm-hmm. that contribute to the knowledge and the resources for such a condition. So if you put that Google in that keyword, mm-hmm. um, many providers come up, many uh, BPD um, uh, association comes up as well, right, that can give you insight and resources. Felicia said that uh, she went back to the Bible on us. Moses and and, and Elijah both battled with depression. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. they're they're carrying the weight of of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's depressing to think that you're doing, it's depressed, it can easily get depressed knowing that you're doing something right, but you're being talked about and talked to as though you're doing something wrong. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In some areas, right? So yeah. it's not okay to 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 uh, go off on people. Right. But it is okay to have as many <clears throat> sex partners right, as right. you want to have. Right, right, right. right. So, right. so. <laughs> so you're still wrong. Right. <laughs> Very interesting concept there, right? Part yeah. of me is wrong, but the other part is okay. Right, but both caused me some serious mm-hmm. All right. So that is right, borderline personality disorder, right? Which once was <laughs> psychotic, right? Mm-hmm. Versus mm-hmm. The neurosis, neurotic, but now we are shifting into um as a cluster of the personality disorders for emotional, right? Emotional dysregulation. Okay. All right, so I hope that that was just something to ponder, right, and that we are more gentle and more understanding with people who uh, display these symptoms every day, right, these symptoms every day, that it's a part of who they are, uh, more caring, but also finding them the help that they need, especially when it comes to self-harming, right, self-harming and suicide ideation and attempts. Take it very, very serious. Not just for attention, right? It is something that is there that can lead to um, a more severe outcome, and obviously suicide is the most most fatal. Okay? All right. Um, Next week, right, we're going to get into antisocial personality disorder. Mm. Anti- Social. Social. We're going to talk about psychopaths and sociopaths. 
All you, right. in da- you in Dana's wheelhouse now. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but look at him over there, though. <laughs> all right, y'all. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. I will see you next week. Enjoy the rest of your evening.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.